five, four, three, two, one, zero, and liftoff. Dispatches, a production of Blur Bank, is an in-depth look at those living artistic lives. Each episode will feature photographs and audio interviews with narrative pioneers who have taken creativity and publishing in their own hands. From artists to authors, photographers to philosophers, Dispatches will reveal the faces and foundations of those who lead the creative way. I am in Campbell, California today of all places, which is San Jose, close to San Jose, west, or part west. west San Jose. And I'm with Mark Silver from Silver Studios. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. We just had an amazing interview about photography and life and being creative, and I wanted to take a few minutes to see if I could uh, pin him down. And turn the tables. Turn right? the tables, ask a few questions in regards to his creative life. So you run a video production studio, and how long have you done that? You know, it really technically started in 2008. We sort of went professional in 2009. Okay, and what were you doing prior to that? I was a still photographer. I've been a still photographer my whole life. Um, before that, I was I was actually a consultant. Okay. Uh, not before I started as a photographer, but I have kind of an interim period where I was doing business consulting, and then I in 2004 I sold that company, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go back to my roots as a photographer. So I picked it up, you know, uh, and I wasn't really prepared for what it was going to take to jump into this new world. Sure. Uh, but I was, I was willing to try anything in terms of how to get this career off the ground. In 2007, uh, a well-known tech blogger named Robert Scoble, who's also a photographer, took me out on a photo walk, which I didn't even know what it was. I had to look it up. And basically, <laughs> it was following me around with his video camera and me giving a, a seminar, essentially. And it took off. So after that, I, you know, the light bulb went off. I went, you know, this is cool stuff. Yeah, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. And so my first shoot was with Annie Leibovitz. No way. <laughs> Second shoot, yeah. Second shoot was Ansel Adams' son in Yosemite. Oh. And I went, okay, I kind of hit pay dirt on those two names, right? Yeah. And then I, I went to SanDisk and I pitched the show to them. Uh, and they said, remarkably, they said yes. That was in 2009 when the economy was crashing. Wow. And I landed this gig with Sandisk for two years where I got to go around and interview all sorts of amazing photographers, you being one of them. Oh, thank you very much for that. You have two different things. You do video production and you have a series now about startup people and sort of brainiacs within the startup world. But you also have this other thing, advancing your photography, which yeah. is how I first met you like five years ago. Yeah. And so go back in time. When, how old were you when photography or being creative became, made sense to you? Well, I went to a very unusual school here in the peninsula um, called Peninsula School, and it was all about creativity. So I grew up with the importance being placed on how creative you were and how many different creative forms you could try and actually get good at. Wow. Creative writing, mm -hmm. painting, music, and of course for me, what really happened was photography. In the seventh grade, I discovered they had a darkroom. Oh. And I was the only one using it, unbelievably. My teacher showed me a few things and that was like, all I needed was that. And the rest of it I just took off and started doing my own uh, processing, printing, and that was it. I became a photographer instantly. Do you remember the first pictures you made or first picture you made that 
you looked at and said, I think I'm on to something here? Yeah, what happened was, you know, I'd only been taking pictures of my prints to the drugstore, and they came out like no contrast, muddy, badly cropped, you know, it was just a... Yeah. And so all of a sudden, I could adjust the contrast, I could crop them however I wanted, I can make them big, because they came back at, oh, yeah, you tiny, know, a little tiny... Three and a half by five. Three and a half by five, and now I was making eight by tens, and that was huge. And... You know, those early photographs just completely opened my eye to the creative process. And so you're, today when you're doing, advancing your photography, that whole series, this all stems from the idea that you had this bug at an early age and you're looking for, like when we did interview earlier, you're looking for sort of consistencies in the, in the creative process and yeah. why people do what they do, how they do what they do. Do you still make your own work? Do you still shoot and photograph outside of I do. what you're I doing? Do. Yeah, I shoot digitally now. Um, yeah, we talked about that. We t I, I, okay, that's all right. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reform. I just got a couple of Polaroids. <laughs> yes, we, we got you on the Polaroid train. I, I'm definitely gonna get on that train, and I, I'm gonna get that Leica in back in action again. I, I knew it. I knew you know, if I badgered happen. you enough. And I'm gonna, gonna get a Hasi because I, I've always wanted one. You know, I shot with a Rolly for years. My uncle gave me a Rolleiflex in high school. And I took it to Mexico. That's a whole story into it. Ooh, so that sounds good. I lived in Mexico for a month. As in my senior last semester. Of high school or college? High school. Oh, that's I cool. talked my principal into letting me go to Mexico for a month of... Basically, it was like a Peace Corps project. And I took the Rolleiflex with me. And some of those photographs to this day are my best photographs ever. Wow. It, it speaks a lot to the school that you were able to do that. Because well, that's... It was, actually, that school was a public high school. I just wow. went in there with a total idea, look, you should let me go do this. And he <laughs> said, yes. It's still amazing to me. That's incredible. And so when you do the interviews with people that you do, and you've interviewed from, like you said, Ansel's, Ansel's son to yeah. Annie Le to Leibowitz to Chase Jarvis to all these people, is there consistencies within their creative process that you see in yourself? When they talk about doing what they do and why they do it, do you feel the same same kind of thing? Totally. I mean, re the reason I started off interviewing photographers is obviously it resonates with me. And much of what they're saying, just like in our interview, it will resonate back to something I already have experienced for myself. But maybe they say it even better. Or they say it differently because they're going to put a different emphasis on it. But there are, you know, there's a common thread with these creative folks. They're not your normal kind of average humanoid that we find on planet Exactly. Earth. They're off a little bit. They're, they're off a little bit, and they've always been a little bit off, but because of that, that's where their creativity comes from, and that's why they pursue something creative rather than just working where, where do you Where do you think your creativity comes from? Does it, does it come from a feeling that you get when you're in the field? Does it come from a feeling that you get when you see the work? And does, it, it, does the inspiration for that feeling come from where? Does it come from music, life? You know, all the above, in a way. Because, like, for instance, I have been inspired by listening to music. Uh, I've been inspired by looking at other people's work. Not to copy them, but to go, ooh, that's, that's cool. I never thought about shooting that way. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the biggest inspiration, I think, is within myself. It's, it's that creative, the joy of creating something. And there's a zone that you get into. There's a big difference between, for instance, picking up a camera every now and then mm -hmm. and shooting and getting yourself immersed in the scene. And you know that you're connecting. 
you know you're getting these shots. I, I know, like, you know, I've had these trips to, say, Paris. And Paris is a difficult place to photograph, like Yosemite is, because it's, everybody's yeah. already, you yep. know, you're like, how can I not take a picture that's a cliche? Yeah. But yet, in every environment, there's a new photograph that somebody hasn't taken. And that's, that's the trick with a place that's been shot so many times, is how do you find the shot that nobody else has taken? I took this picture in uh, Paris, in the Tuileries, uh, a Ferris wheel going around. Yeah, um, I think I know that Ferris wheel. It's a pretty amazing Ferris yeah. oh, wheel. Oh, it's insane, right? yeah, yeah. So what I did was I did a, a shutter drag, so I had slow exposure, and I didn't have a tripod, so I, I put it on a post that was in the ground, took a slow exposure, and it was phenomenal, you know? It was like, I knew that nobody else had gotten that picture. Does a picture have to be perfect to be good? No. In fact, uh, Cartier-Bresson, one of his favorite, my favorite quotes is, focus or sharpness, I think he said, is bourgeois. <laughs> you know, the idea that, uh, you know, to the untrained photographer's eye, sometimes they only look at the most obvious thing. Oh, it's out of focus. But maybe you wanted it to be out of focus. Yeah. Maybe you didn't have, or there was a little camera shake. And that's part of the story. That, that it's not perfect. To, in your opinion, when you see something that constitutes a great photograph, what do you think, what ingredients do you think exist that allow it to be so great? First of all, it's the emotional impact. Uh, it hits me, something hits me about that photograph emotionally, not just not a, a purely mental level, but you're, you're, you're in touch. You've, you've, you have seen as best you can through that photographer's eyes. You know, a classic photograph, uh, the kiss, you know? The oh, picture? yeah, sure. The, okay, so the soldier D-Day, right? Yeah. Um, and he grabs the nurse and, or whatever, and they're kissing. Yeah. And you just, you feel the passion. Yeah. You feel that passion. Ansel Adams was an inspiration to you? Yeah. Cartier-Bresson? Who else? You know, uh, that's a good question because the list peters out pretty fast. Uh, Richard Avedon, I thought, was a fantastic yeah. portraiture. Yeah. And I love his work. And I, especially when you see an exhibit, it's one thing to look at in a book, but he does stuff in his exhibits where, like, the print is not tacked down to the, to the background. Yeah. So you have the... But it's, it's like raw, you know? He has this sort of raw... And, you know, he has a whole series where he traveled around with a with a uh, big white seamless big white seamless and just got people like from wherever he stopped yeah some like all across the states all across the states yeah so, I, Avedon phenomenal it's funny because he someone told me that when he would photograph or make portraits of people he broke them down and the moment that they cracked was the moment that he wanted <laughs> and I, it always stuck with me because when I make portraits I would always be kind of mortified of, of doing that same thing like maybe pushing him that pushing hard. him that hard but you see his work and go I get it like it's completely worth it that's what made Avedon Avedon because yeah. it's so recognizable and so so interesting and speaking of recognizable imagery I think this is something that I harp on with people a lot that you want to practice enough and shoot enough that you you create an image that's sort of unique to you. You find your voice. Yeah, and would you, how long did it take you for you to do that? Well, I think I was fortunate because, again, when I was 12, I just took off, and I was, I was so immersed in photography. It's about volume. 
I don't think you're going to find your voice with with two rolls of film. You yeah, know, you're going to yeah. find it with hundreds of rolls of practice. Film. And especially the process of shooting, going into the dark room. You know, there's effort involved in that. Yeah. You you develop those pictures and you're going to print them and it's going to take time and money to do that. Sure. So they're not going to be it's not a throwaway process. This is my kind of my one gripe about the digital world is you can just shoot 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 there isn't the, the effort that you have to make. Yeah, or a penalty. Or the penalty. So I think because, you know, by, I would say age 15 or 16, I had a definite voice. Okay. And, I, and I've, you know, built on that, but I really had found it because I had done enough of my own work. And what happens to you when you go out and you have a day where nothing works, which we, happens yeah. to everyone? But, like, I, I have ways of, like, getting over it. But, I mean, do you have any sort of tips or suggestions if you have a bad day? Because you're doing all kinds of things. You're shooting stills, you're doing motion, you're working with a team and crew of people. It's yeah. a lot of stuff. Well, commercially, we can't have a bad day. We yeah. were talking about this. There, there are no bad days. You're not allowed to come back. Yeah. You can't call the client back and say, you know, we need to reshoot that. Yeah. Thank goodness that's never happened. You can't. Yeah. So there's a discipline that you have to come back with the bacon. Okay. Creatively, you know, if I'm just doing my own creative work, it's a little different. And I'm a surfer, so okay. I'll use a surfing analogy. So sometimes you go out surfing, and it's just unbelievably perfect. You know, you get a dozen perfect waves. You catch them perfectly. Everything is right. Boom. You could go the next day, and it's like, what happened? Yeah. What, what happened to the guy yesterday that was catching every one of those waves? And maybe you're just, your timing's a little off. The swell is a little different. One of the things that makes surfing so interesting is it changes all the time. Yeah, Just like sure. the world does. Yep. So I think the thing is just go out again. And just and keep going out. Just keep going out. And just go, okay, I had a bum day. Tomorrow I'll come back. I'll, I'll shoot again. You know, I'll find that shot. Is there anything that you haven't done in photography that you absolutely need to do before you hang them up? More nude photographs. Nudes, yeah. No, I mean, I, I haven't. It's kind of interesting because my other photographer, in terms of the big list, yeah. is Edward Weston. Okay, Weston, sure. Edward Weston, you know, took these incredible nude photographs yeah. as, an, you know, the art form and the way, you know, on the sand dunes, you know. But he also took incredible photographs of a toilet in Mexico. Right. And a, a pepper and a salt and pepper shaker, you know, yeah. an egg cutter. and. It, you know, he just found those incredible, rather than like the, the crucial moment like Cartier-Bresson, yep. he was finding the form. And the, just the beauty and form. The beauty and the form. And light, yeah. Yeah, nudes are an interesting topic. I've never really done many of those either, but it's pretty interesting to think about those kind of things. And I think, you know, everybody has this list of, I uh, haven't quite, I haven't done this yet, and that's what I absolutely have to do. Yeah. Where do you see, it, since the time that you, even since the time that you've started doing video production, we've had a lot of changes sure. in terms of what's available for you to do. We were talking earlier about going from a Panasonic camera down to a 5D Mark III. Exactly. Where do you think this is going? Good question. I, I mean, I see the, uh, just the advancement, obviously. We're, we're, we're getting optics, we're getting cameras that are easier to shoot with, cost less, easier. But, you know, it's, it's still, one of the reasons I, I love video is it's a huge challenge for me. Mm -hmm. It's a huge new learning curve, you know, to come from still to all of a sudden I have to pay attention to motion and audio. Sure. Lighting is much more crucial and color correction, all these, all these skills. 
you know, that's a continuous process of learning that I really love. I was going to say, you have to keep learning. I mean, you started you in, in similar situation to me where you're shooting black and white film printing in the darkroom, and that's sort of an endless thing that you could study the rest of your life. And now we've moved into this technological age, and you, as a, as a creator today, you have to. You have to. Um, Even just, for instance, the platform that we were using back when I first started editing was yeah. Final Cut 7. That, wow. was, that was what everybody was using. And then that essentially went away. Apple yeah. stopped... Yep. the process. Yep. They came out with something else which really is not comparable. So we had to switch over to we switched to Adobe Premiere yep. Pro which yep. is fantastic. But there's a new learning curve to get used to a new platform. You know? Absolutely. I mean I'm sitting here recording on my iPhone 6 and a podcasting app that I've literally never used in an interview. So it's like every time I go out I'm always, and I'm thinking to myself, I really hope this works. So, but it looks too. like it's recording and I'm listening and the levels seem okay. I can okay. see levels going on there. Yeah, I, th I think we're going to be okay. Um, is there any, anything else you want to you wanna share about anything in general? Like your philosophy about photography or about creating in general? Well, I think it comes down to something you said in our interview. It's create something every day. And whatever that is, if it's a drawing, if it's a writing something, if mm -hmm. it's a photograph, if it's a little video that you shoot... Um, but I think it's also important to create things that other people can share. Not, and I don't mean in the new social media sense of sharing. Right. I mean sharing it in the, in the sense of a completed product that you, I'm really proud of this, okay? I took this photograph, I framed it, it's, it's an image that I really enjoy, and I put it on the wall, and I, now I have other people who can see it, or I mm -hmm. do an exhibit, other people see it, I get that feedback. To me, that's the pay. Like, what do they get out of it? Sure. And what they, what they tell me they're getting out of it is my payback for all that. That's interesting. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Kind my of pleasure. sprung it on you last second. But the interview we did was a lot of fun, great topics, great questions, great conversations. So thanks for, for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Dan. My pleasure. All right. Yes,